I will speak to you in the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Dreams. One of those parts of human existence that we all experience and are either amazed by or shaken with throughout our lives. Dreams have caused people to either make tough decisions or turn away from tough decisions. They've sometimes seemed to foretell the future or they've haunted us with the past. And sometimes, whether we remember them or not, they've just kept us from getting a good night's sleep. I have to admit, the older that I get, the less dreams seem to really surprise me much anymore. Most of the time, if I remember a dream when I wake up, it's because the dream has replayed something I've been stressed out about while I was awake. For me, the most reoccurring dream I think I've had over the past 13 years of being a priest usually has the same setup. I dream about an important church service that I need to be a part of. Usually in the dream, surprise, surprise, I'm running late for the service. But that isn't really the issue in the dream. The big problem is that when I make it to the church in the dream, with only a few seconds to spare before the opening hymn starts playing and the procession begins, I'm in some room within the church searching to find the right vestments to put on or the right color stole which I need to wear. Or even I remember one dream where I couldn't find the correct shoes that I needed to put on to look appropriate for the service. In the dream, I can never find what I need, and so the service gets started without me. And the whole time within the dream, I'm stressing and searching until I wake up in bed in a sweat. There's also a variety of this dream where I have everything I need and make it to the front of the church that's packed full of people, only to open up the prayer book I have and find that I'm not able to locate the correct page in the prayer book to begin the service. Now, if you're one of my friends back home from the Baptist Church in Kentucky watching this sermon right now, you're probably wondering what all the trouble and stress would be from not being able to find the correct page in a prayer book. Well, believe me, even though I could probably recite most of the Holy Eucharist from the prayer book by memory right now, if I had to do so, I would still feel absolutely lost and off without the correct page number in the prayer book to follow. And so the dream again turns into feelings of stress and worry and anxiety and usually everyone getting up and storming out of the church. And then I wake up in a sweat and try to get back to sleep, usually with to no avail. That's the dreams I tend to remember the most these days as I move through my mid-40s. But like everyone else, I've also occasionally had the other rarer variety of dream that impacts my memory and mind in very different ways. Sometimes that dream has someone in it that I have not seen nor thought about in a very long time. I've had dreams before in which my younger brother, who died five years ago, is there in the dream. Sometimes I have dreams that wake me up in deep concern for someone, usually my mother or my father. And sometimes I have dreams that, like Carl Jung, I want to write down and analyze and not forget so that I might dig into the dream deeper and try to sort out its meaning. Because for that moment at least, as sleep transitions into being awake, 
I am very convinced that whatever I've just seen in that dream is somehow very important. With all that, we as regular human beings encounter with dreams, and I'm sure all of you watching this have your own stories of dreams that you could tell us. It probably won't surprise you to open up your Bible and immediately, in the very first book, find that dreams almost always carry that same kind of mystery and awe and surprise. In fact, in the Old Testament in particular, when dreams show up in the text, they almost always become that thin place where God directly speaks and guides his chosen people. Whether it's King Abimelech being told by God in a dream to return Sarah to Abraham, or Joseph upsetting his brothers enough by revealing his dream to get himself sold into slavery, or the great prophet and dream reader Daniel interpreting the frightening dreams of King Nebuchadnezzar. It almost, in every case, God is using the amazing time of sleep consciousness to communicate directly with those he's created in his own image, revealing all manner of important messages and revelations. In the New Testament, dreams appear in the same fashion. In the Gospel of Matthew in particular, God will send his angel to Joseph in a dream, telling Joseph not to abandon Mary, who he has just discovered is carrying a child. Later, God will use a dream to speak to the Magi from the east, helping them avoid King Herod after they have paid homage to the infant Jesus. And finally, the angel of the Lord will appear to Joseph in a dream again, commanding Joseph to take Mary and Jesus and flee to Egypt in order to escape the massacre of the innocents by Herod. So at very key moments throughout the Holy Scriptures, dreams come and play important roles for God in the lives of our ancestors of faith. And that's exactly where we find ourselves this morning, in the incredible story of Jacob's vision that comes to him in a dream on his road to Haran, just as Jacob is beginning his escape from certain death at the hands of his angry brother Esau. In last week's reading from Genesis chapter 25, we are told of the birth of twin brothers struggling with each other literally from their birth, Jacob and Esau, the sons of Isaac and his wife Rebekah. Jacob, who was born just a few seconds after Esau and is therefore not in the birthright to receive all the benefits and blessings of his father Isaac, takes it upon himself to work out his own way to move up in the family and take his older brother Esau's birthright. Jacob makes a nice bowl of lentil stew and convinces the famished and impulsive Esau to trade in his entire birthright as Isaac's oldest son for a good piece of bread and a bowl of stew. But that isn't what upsets Esau the most and causes him to begin plotting a time to kill his brother. That moment occurs in the chapter just before the reading we have this morning. In Genesis chapter 27, Rebekah hears her aged husband call to Esau and offer to give Esau his patronal blessing if Esau will go hunting and prepare a nice meal of venison for Isaac. Isn't it good to know that our founding family of faith really appreciated a good meal? Well, Rebecca waits until Esau is gone, calls her younger son Jacob to come to her, then puts Esau's clothes on Jacob and covers his smooth hands and arms and neck with goat's fur. Also that Isaac, who is blind, will believe that Jacob is actually his eldest son Esau. 
And with a nice meal of goat's meat made to taste like that venison, Jacob manages to persuade Isaac to give him the important blessing in place of Esau, which Isaac does. So when Esau returns, he is overwhelmed by this deceit and trickery. And so Rebekah sends Jacob away to go to Padamaram in modern Turkey to live with Laban, Rebekah's brother, and to escape his brother's wrath. It's on that road away from Beersheba in Canaan's promised land that Jacob comes to us this morning in that first lesson from Genesis. And what the Bible doesn't really reveal to us is that Jacob most certainly was traveling on this road alone. Because he's lied to his beloved father and cheated his older, older brother, Jacob is running away from the home that he's grown up in. He's leaving his family with no real knowledge of where he's going or when he might be able to return. I believe Jacob certainly must have been wondering why he'd ever decided to do what he had done to his father and to his brother Esau. And I can only imagine that when Jacob stops for that first night out in the desert and finds nothing there but a cold, hard stone on which to lay his head in sleep, he must have felt like his life had fallen apart and was in sudden disaster and despair. And when he falls asleep, he has an incredible dream. In the midst of his vulnerability, his loss and his loneliness, the Bible says Jacob dreams of a great ladder or stairway ascending upward from the earth to heaven at that point where he is. And the Bible says that Jacob sees the angels of God ascending and descending the steps of that ladder, coming down to the earth and then returning upward to heaven over and over again. And Jacob hears God speaking from the very top of that ladder, using the same words that God will soon use from the burning bush when he calls to Moses, and the same words Jesus will use when he announces who he truly is to his disciples. God says to Jacob, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. Then God begins to reveal to Jacob in the dream that even though Jacob has made some deceitful decisions, and even though because of those decisions, Jacob has been banished from his homeland, God still has a plan. God will still fulfill his promise that he made to Abraham and to his chosen people through Jacob, taking that next step and ensuring, as God proclaims, that all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. And in that dream, God says these important words to the young Jacob, lying on the cold ground in certain worry, stress, and despair. God says, no that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Now the dream of Jacob known throughout the ages as Jacob's ladder or Jacob's vision has been interpreted by rabbis and theologians many times over the centuries. What does the stairway to heaven reveal? What does the ascent and descent of the angels tell us about the connections between the physical and the spiritual worlds? Why does God speak to Jacob in this way, at this particular place, and at this particular time? Now, we could spend hours and hours 
combing through the Bible and discussing these dream interpretations. But perhaps the answer is best revealed to us today when we ourselves look at the dream in the middle of our own worries, our own struggles, our own fears and concerns right now in our own life and in our own world. I'm sure above everything else, Jacob's dream told him that even in the midst of the darkest moments of life, God is with us and God will not leave us. That even when we can't seem to see it, or when we're struggling to even believe in it anymore, angels are ascending and descending from God in the midst of us to work with us and support us and to ensure that no matter what mistakes we ever make, God is doing something always to bring us back, to redeem us and to reset us on the path forward if we will only acknowledge God and begin to follow in God's way again. For Christians in the church today, when we read that wonderful first chapter of the Gospel of John, we can see again immediately the vision Jacob first had all those years ago in Bethel in this person of Jesus, the Word made flesh. For Jesus says to Nathanael in John chapter 1 verse 51, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I believe, brothers and sisters, that this reveals to us that God has moved that ladder from a set point on earth to a set man who came to earth, Jesus Christ, who has been revealed to us as God with us, no longer through dreams or interpretations, but through his own life, his own death and his own resurrection and ascension back to God. It is a dream that has become a reality for all of us through Jesus. And today, I believe more than ever, that assures us that no matter what mistakes that we ourselves have made, no matter what fear or worry or concern that the world will throw at us, Jesus is with us. Jesus says to us, be not afraid. And Jesus becomes that direct link that we need to God. And God is a God who loves us so much that God promises us that no matter what, God will never leave us. I wish I had a lot more dreams like that than I had of stress and worry. But each time I wake up to those dreams, I instantly turn myself back to Jesus and know that God is with me. Know that God is with you. Amen.